My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again in reply spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants saying, Tell those invited, behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fatted cattle are killed and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike. And the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, my friend, how is it that you, are, you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, bind his hands and feet and cast them into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited. But few are chosen. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we have just heard about two great feasts. The first one is a vision of the prophet Isaiah. In which God gives him this vision. And invites the prophet to proclaim it to all of us. To let us know what it is that God's deepest desire for the human race, for the world he created is. It's a beautiful image. Everyone from everywhere is welcome to gather in one place. God's place. God's house. Where God is going to feed us. Better than we've ever been fed before, no matter how well fed we think we are. And we come. And we are made welcome. And we welcome one another. Because on this mountain at this feast, God does two things that make this possible. First, he lifts a veil that's blinding us. A veil that distorts our vision. So that when we look at other, each other through the veil, we see reasons for mistrust, suspicion, the need to dominate, protect ourselves, control, and keep each other at a distance. Through the distortion of the veil, we see everything that divides us. And through the distortion of the veil, it looks like that's the way it is. But on this mountain, God lifts that veil. And we see clearly. And we see that we're not so different after all. That we're not so dangerous after all. That when we stop being afraid of one another, we can welcome one another. 
And it's an entirely different experience. And the second thing God does, he says he, he unties the web that is woven around the nations. This web is what keeps us separated. You can't associate with them because you're not one of them. You can't associate with us because you're not one of us. We are meant to be set apart. We're not meant to be together. We're meant to be separated, divided, estranged. But when the web is untangled and we don't have to be set, set apart, we can come together. And the result of that is not only a great meal with choice wines and great food, but there's no reason to cry, to be sad, to experience the pain of loss and suffering and hardship that comes when we are divided. On this mountain, God gets what God wants. All of his children enjoying God's gifts to the fullness and enjoying one another as much as God is enjoying us. And after a week that we, the week that we have all just lived through, it might be important that we remember and hear this vision as if this is God's desire. And the things we do to stop it are not God's desire at all. The feast that Jesus describes in the parable of the wedding banquet is a lot messier than the feast that happens on God's holy mountain. Here, King, according to the parable, is throwing a wedding banquet for his son. And so he invites his friends, many of whom have better things to do. They shun the invitation. They shun the invitation of the king to be part of something unifying in order to stay divided. Minding their own businesses. Taking care of their own farms, their own families, their own cattle. They don't have time to share with one another the joy of the king. So they don't come. The servants are sent to bring in everybody there. And the everybody includes the good and the bad. But none of them are worthy. The invitation makes them worthy. On their own. They're not entitled to come to the banquet, but they are made worthy by the invitation of the king. And they come. And they are ready to have an experience of joy and delight and happiness and good food and a, and a lovely evening that is meant to change them. And every one of them whether they're on the good side or the bad side, whether they're a little bit worthy, none of them can come to this banquet and not have the banquet change them. Change the way they see. Change the way they think. Change the way they judge. They have experienced an experience of welcome, of belonging that they've never had before. And rather than feel entitled to it, this welcome changes them. Except for the one who decided that he or she didn't want or need to be changed. 
the one who wouldn't put the wedding garment on. The one who said, I'll come to the banquet. But the words that are spoken are not going to touch my heart because my heart is hard enough now. The beautiful music isn't going to soothe my soul because I don't want my soul soothed. I'm clinging to my resentments. I'm clinging to my anger. It's the only thing I have that keeps me safe. I'm not going to change my clothes. I'm not going to become something I'm not meant to be. I will keep myself the way I am. And while it ends with a very harsh thing about him being thrown out into the darkness, the decision to come to a banquet and not be changed by it in some way, shape, or form, no one has to throw us out. We've isolated ourselves. In this banquet, it's very much an invitation to everyone to come as you are. But it is not an invitation to come as you are and stay as you are. Whatever is true of you is welcome at the banquet. But somehow everything that is true of you needs to be changed and affected, healed, restored, loved in a new way. So that we who share this banquet become different. We have so many, so many banquets that we are invited to because God's invitation never stops. And we keep coming up with so many excuses why we can't go, why we're not worthy, why we don't want to be there, and maybe most of all, why we don't need to be changed by the experience. As we gather at this banquet, let's open. Remember that all of us are worthy to be here because we have all been invited to be here and for no other reason. And that worthiness is true of everyone, no matter what might be true of us, how much we might judge or see or disagree with one another's presence. And all of us have come here, every single one of us is in need of healing, is in need of repentance, is in need of being changed by the experience of sharing this banquet with our king and with one another. The only thing that can keep that from happening is that somehow we decide that change, healing, forgiveness, welcome, and belonging is not something we want.